Natalie. Hello. We are so excited to have you with us today. Natalie is one of our favorite people. She knows horror inside and out. Welcome to the Scare Guys show live, everybody, coming to you straight from the heart of spooky Hollywood, California. We consider ourselves the center of the horror universe here. Here on the Scare Guy, we as filmmakers discuss all things that are scary fun, including haunted events, horror conventions, and scary films. We got all three this weekend. You can find our website at thescareguy.com. My name is Jim, one of your horror hosts, and who do we have sitting next to me in the, um, the, the Tiki Horror Lounge? It's Michael Myers. Just kidding. Cheeseman here, one of the founding members of the Scare Guy screenwriter and uh, one of the social media people for the Scare Guy. Ready social to talk director. horror and stuff. It's been a while. <laughs> And our, of course, our very special guest, and we come. She's a she's a horror host with us, not a guest anymore. She's a Ooh, horror host. a horror host. Yeah. So exciting! All right, <laughs> Natalie, why don't you um, introduce yourself? I'm Natalie Michelli. I'm a filmmaker in Los Angeles. Uh, I have an incredible horror comedy that you can catch now on Peacock called Fear Inc. It is an incredible comedy. Who's uh, who stars in it? Uh, we have Abigail Breslin, Lucas Neff, Caitlin Stacy, who you will recognize from all of the Smile trailers and billboards and posters, and she's everywhere right now. So, oh, really? And one of my absolute favorites, Chris Marquette. He is just the best. So it's a really fun cast. Nice. nice. Yeah. Isn't Chris we saw at HorrorCon. Oh, really? Oh, because he was Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was there. He's doing some signing stuff. And we told mm -hmm. him, like, we should bring him on the show sometime and have you on with him. And he's so fun. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's my yeah. absolute favorite. Actually, well, the way we left it was Chris is so good. It was so good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Um, we'll have Natalie reach out. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. And he said, good, good. <laughs> That's so funny. So he's looking forward to that. So on tonight's show, we are talking about three things that all involve. Michael Myers, who is uh, my favorite, favorite horror slasher of the genre. Um, the three things we're talking about tonight, of course, Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood, which featured a very special tribute to Michael Myers, a house there. Also, we are going to talk about briefly about um, Son of Monster Palooza, a horror convention out here in Hollywood, California, that had a big showing of um, cast from the Hollywood series. And then we are, of course, the, the, the major part of our show tonight, we are going to dive into... Hollywood ends. Hollywood. Hollywood ends, ends or Hollywood. I, oh, I'm Halloween so ends. <laughs> Halloween ends. It's, <laughs> Hollywood could should be, be held it, in account for that. Yeah, it could be uh, the end of Hollywood as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it maybe should be the end of Hollywood doing the Halloween franchise. I kind of and it probably that maybe is. Small independent <laughs> kind of fan films should be made. And the original kind of Halloween style, because I think the low budget style works better than the big commercial version for mm -hmm. Halloween. Wow. Are you guys kind of revealing your opinions right up front? <laughs> I mean, if any of your listeners have tuned in previously, if, you know, my feelings were not hidden with the response to the trailer. So, <laughs> No, yeah. And, and 
you know, to be be, to be completely honest, we're not going to be saying anything that um <laughs> that the vast majority of fans aren't feeling right now. Although I was kind of surprised when I went online and found some other opinions, um, like uh, David, he's a friend of ours from the the sister trilogy. He loves. Halloween 1, 2, and H2O as the perfect trilogy of Halloween films. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. He loved the film. Huh. David, David, you are invited to come on the show and talk about that. I want to. I, I would love to hear his perspective. Yeah. yeah so anyways, we, first of all, we are going to jump into something that happened this past week. Um, Halloween, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Hollywood. They also have it in Orlando, Florida. Um we just lost Luke. So anyways, this is our picture. And those of you who are watching live uh, or watching the, the recording, this is the picture of us before we have, this is our prior picture our before picture going in our, our, our group got a little bit larger as we went through the night, but I just want to ask you right. Uh, wait, wait, a little bit of history first. This was the 22nd event, this 22nd Hollywood horror nights in Hollywood, California, Question, which one came first, the Hollywood version or the Orlando version? I'd say Orlando. That, that's what I'd guess, too. Because Orlando is celebrating its 31st edition. Mm. But no. No? We were what? first out here in Hollywood. We were the first. Universal Studios Florida Halloween Horror Nights. Which one came first, that one or this one? It is this one. When I say this one, folks, I'm talking about California. Universal Studios decided to hold a Halloween event in 1986. And in true horror movie fashion, it is known as the tragic year of the first Halloween Horror Nights. Um, Taking a cue from Knott's Berry Farm, which had a very successful Halloween event for 14 years, Universal started Halloween Horror Nights with a logo of a jack-o'-lantern being sawed in half with a chainsaw. Kind of cool. The signature attraction, of course, was the Terror Tram which would be a nighttime version of the backlot tour only with scare actors jumping out and attacking you. Unfortunately, during one night, a scare actor got a little over enthusiastic in his performance and fell between two of the tram cars and was crushed to death. Universal would not have a Halloween event for over six years and they discontinued any of the scare actor attacks Moving toward the trams, you'll notice today you don't have any actors. That, that makes so much sense. I had an entire conversation with my brother about how cool it would be mm-hmm. to have some of the scare actors coming and attacking the tram and like stopping along the way. And that makes a lot of sense why that opportunity is not taken now. Isn't that crazy to think about that? And, you know, to their credit, you know, if, the, if they were a lesser organization, Back in the day, we had a death. They, you know, but you know, I'm thank goodness they don't like play up the fact that we had a death to start the Halloween horror. Yeah, but it is. It's. I've always wondered, kind of like, uh, why did they start in Florida? It felt like they started in Florida. Has 31 events. We have 22 out here in mm-hmm. California. What went? And so they had one like six years later they had it for a couple of years they took a couple of years off they came back and i guess it just wasn't catching on until about 2006 we're caught on pretty strong and it has been a mainstay ever since so let's talk about halloween horror nights i just want to know natalie you first what was your overall impression about this year 
Uh, well, I learned a lot of lessons this year at <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I think in past years, I've tried to go earlier in the season, yep. um, definitely in September to kind of beat the crowds. I personally enjoy going through the mazes at uh, my own pace mm -hmm. and giving some breathing room between my group and the group in front of us. So I'm not seeing every single point where there's a scare actor jumping out and this year didn't really allow for that because it was a sold out night and it was incredibly crowded yeah. the lines were very long so we weren't able to accomplish as much as we wanted to accomplish it's still i will say the energy of being in that space and walking through that archway is still like i'm having a great night no matter what ends up happening i'm really happy to be there yeah yeah, I agree. And just real quick, Jonathan Wilkinson. Hello, he is uh, chiming in right now. Hey, Jonathan, if you get a chance to jump on the link that we sent you, we would love to have you join the show. And for those of you who don't know, Jonathan Wilkinson is the guy right in the middle, right next to me, right above Natalie. He actually came in from Colorado this year to join us at Halloween Horror Nights, and we had a blast. It was an absolute blast. Cheeseman, what was your overall impression? Oh uh, yeah, it's always fun. Like Natalie said, always something kind of to look forward to. Um, but yeah, it, it did seem a little more crowded at times, or the line descriptions weren't always accurate. Like we waited a lot longer on some of the stuff we did, and had a, for, especially the Blumhouse one that ended up being a lot longer than expected. So that ended up making us not be able to do like at least one more before heading out. Um, but kind of like what Natalie was saying, I like to sometimes stall a little bit just so I can kind of get the room to myself. And this time it seemed like even if you pulled out a camera to take a picture like the Bates Motel sign, like within a half a second, someone's like, keep moving, please. Like, it's just like, come yeah. on. Can someone just take a picture for like one <laughs> second without getting yelled at, you know? Yeah. It's almost like the, it's their sellout capacity limit probably should be adjusted down a bit because when every single maze is at 120 minutes that's okay when every maze is at like 120 minutes it's like this isn't it's now getting to a slightly unenjoyable experience for everybody who has a ticket there yeah i agree um and the one thing i wanted to let me see we have a couple of comments here hey andy harrell good to see you and as always lily it's good to see you as well tonight um I, the one thing that I noticed, it, I've never been when it was this crowded before. And mm -hmm. this was the most crowded, I think. I And by the way, for those of you who are, are listening, um, if you want to ch check out the video, we're showing kind of a video of our one of our walkthroughs, one of the, um, the scare zones there. But it was um, unusually crowded, and it translated over to the tickets as well. The tickets were a little bit more expensive this year. What One thing that we usually do, it, and Natalie was right, she was calling me on it, like uh, last... that is my favorite thing to hear. Can I hear it one more time? Okay, Natalie was right. I love it. I love what it. I usually do, <laughs> and, and I know I do it in Orlando, is I I wait until about eleven o'clock when I'm there, and at eleven o'clock they have. Let me remove that. Wait a second. They have what's known as the late night front of front of the pass. I mean, front of line pass, and it usually costs about fifty, somewhere between fifty nine to seventy nine bucks, and you get to go front of line for all the attractions you get one trip to the front and that's how we usually we we finish it this time we went there at 11 o'clock and it was 130 bucks 
it had basically almost doubled in price. And I was like, wait a second. That's that's ridiculous. There's no way that it costs that much. And, of course, the guy there was like, oh, yes, it has. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it jumped way up this year. So, um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't look at pricing earlier in September. I kind of wish I did to kind of see the difference between last year and this year. I know, obviously, the closer you get to Halloween, the certain nights of the week, it is going to be more expensive. And so even our general admission ticket was definitely more than what it's been in past years. Say if we went earlier in October or even in September on um, mm -hmm. like a Sunday or a weeknight or whatever it may be. So yeah. I am curious what that front of line pass would have been earlier for us. Well, here's what I was able to do. Um, they, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those I, they had basically nine haunted houses. That includes the Terra Tram. These are the haunted houses they had. They had Halloween, Horrors of Blumhouse. Is a Blumhouse Blumhouse? Blumhouse. Blumhouse. The Weekend, Bizarre. Terra Tram, Nope, which featured Nope and Us. Legends Collide, which was about the Universal Monsters. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Then La Llorona, Scarecrow, The Reaping, and Hotel from Hell. We were able to do, without a front-of-the-line pass, Horrors of Blumhouse, The Weekend, Terror Tram, which took a long time, Legends Collide, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and Hotel from Hell. So we were able to do six of them. I had to look down and count. So we missed. <laughs> Here's my biggest disappointment. And those of you who know me know that this is probably a, a, a dagger to the heart. We missed Scarecrow the Reaping, which is mm -hmm. all about the pumpkins. We missed La Llorona, which I've been in before. And we missed Halloween. Yeah, I yeah, actually, that was my biggest disappointment. Is, I, I mean, even I, though I've done it, go ahead. And I, I am sad to miss the Halloween maze because it's, you know, I do love the franchise despite how I feel today. <laughs> I do love the franchise and I would have loved to have been through that maze. The wait just kind of was the longest wait, I feel like, most of the night. And yep. when you, it has been a consistent maze, even if it's been kind of rethought, you know, several times of the amount of times I've seen it, I know what I'm going to get in there. It was kind of fun. I wanted to see the new stuff that I hadn't seen. Yeah. And so, you know, like Universal Monsters, all of that, I kind of wanted to see and experience those. So that was a little bit going into like my thinking of what mazes we were going to go through. Right. What was your favorite thing you guys saw while we were there? Um, I know what mine I'm, is. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, for Nope. Yeah, that was really, that was fun, but it wasn't as scary as I wanted it to be. Oh, it wasn't um, scary at all. No, it wasn't scary at all. And so it was a weird combination of all of Jordan Peele's movies. So it was, you know, Nope. They even had a little bit of Get Out with one of the Us actors kind of stirring a, you know, teacup. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, like I kind of get it. And I think there were opportunities for it to be scary and fun. Um, but it just, I don't know. I don't know if it was executed the best. I would rather have it, there been a separate maze or a separate section that kind of was just, we were living in us and we were, you know, cause that whole, I guess they had, did they have that the last year? With like the basement with all the bunnies and all that kind of stuff. That would have been fun for us. I kind of remember like more us stuff, but the reason I liked you know, I agree. With you. It wasn't very scary. Nope, was not scary at all. I just thought it was cool to have the entire set from the movie there on the back lot that we could walk through. That, that I loved as like a filmmaker and like an appreciation yeah, yeah. for that. That was amazing. Yeah. 
Yep. But was that scary? No. No, no not at all. <laughs> and um, to Aunt Jonathan Wilkinson, who he says the Death Eaters was one of his favorite things. Mm. And I actually, let me see, I think I have a little clip right here. It's going to be loud. Bam. I'm going to turn the sound off. We don't need to hear it as we go through and, <laughs> and scream and holler. And well, they're there. They're, they're yeah, they didn't make noise anyway. This was cool. This was Diagon Alley, which this is the first year that it's been open because it's usually been closed for Halloween Horror Nights. And Second they opened year. It up. Oh, Second it was year. open before? It was open last year. Huh. Mm -hmm. Did I even go last year? I don't ever remember seeing the Death Eaters before like this. There's John. I don't think right that I don't think they had Death Eaters, but the area was open and they had all the kind of light show on the castle. Oh, that's right, that's mm -hmm. right. But I love the fact that the Death. Look at this. It's just kind of cool. It's its own little classy scare zone. I, it was. I thought it was a, an, an awesome way to make use of the Harry Potter characters, the scariest part of the Harry Potter characters. It was cool. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know those guys. Were they in the first movie? I don't think so. Wait a second. This is I that's the I learned this was the first time I I knew this. this you've only seen one movie in the Harry Potter franchise, right? I know. Only one. Well See, I don't, no. is it even is it called something specific? I called it the castle. Is it's, it called Hogwarts? Is that Hogwarts? <laughs> it's Harry Potter and the I don't know. <laughs> anyways, anyways, no, um, my favorite part, I think, was uh, Horrors of Blumhouse, which was very good. I loved it. The, the, one of the scariest parts to me is you're going through the Horrors of Blumhouse. I'm trying to see if we have, I thought I downloaded a movie. Luke sent me a movie of Horrors of Blumhouse. Yeah, I saw you guys post a movie and I was a little pissed because I missed that one. It was, it was unsettling to say the least. I Ooh. just, yeah, it was kind of. Well, because I saw I was the whole I guess the whole thing was not black phone, right? It was no. it was a combination no. of things. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, it's a combination of two things. What was the first one, Jim? And the horse Blumhouse, it was black phone and um what was it? Wait, I have it. It's black. The first one didn't okay. look, I don't think I saw the first one. It was mainly black phone. Oh, and um Happy Death Day. Oh. Was uh. it didn't they do Happy uh, Death Day? Happy Death Day, was it? Because I would have recognized that mask. Because that was the, the yeah, baby. Yeah, that was a baby. Okay, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to look it up okay. real quick. Well, I'm going to yeah. say I'm a little upset that I didn't get through that maze. It was funny. I was walking out, and I was looking at the line, and it said 55 minutes. And I was like, do I do it? And we made the decision to leave, and you guys freaky. went in. Freaky. Oh, freaky. The Vince Vaughn movie? Yes. Yeah. That's not really a scary movie. Like Black Phone <laughs> is a great choice. Yeah. But mm -hmm. Freaky is not so much. It is odd. Yeah. It's more of a whole it's a weird comedy, isn't it? But yeah, that's the one that the line ended up being a lot longer than we thought. So you, yeah, you, you said it ended up another being 90 like, half an hour to that time. I would have been pissed and I would have bailed or I would have been angry through the whole thing, which wouldn't have been a great idea. So yeah, I was kind of like not happy about how much time it took going through it so. yeah that, i thought it was, i thought it was all right though and i like the especially the kitchen scene you know where he's like sitting in the chair that looked really cool i was about to say that, that was my favorite part scene. like i thought that was a wax figure when you first walked in because his skin because he kind of barely had his shirt open and it looked like wax it didn't look like a real person and then you get in and it jumps up at you and like oh man that just 
I, when stuff like that happens, that's the best. That is the On best. It, from your video, it looked legitimately like Ethan Hawke. Like the same yeah. body type, the same chest. That's why I would imagine if it wasn't moving, it probably looked like a wax figure. I thought it was fake. Ethan yeah. Hawke, yeah. It was at, I was like, is it Ethan Hawke in that? <laughs> yeah. And how amazing if I were an actor in a movie like that, I would absolutely ask to come do that one night or two. <laughs> Can you? Oh, I bet you watch you watch Ethan Hawke will show up one night. That would be the best. Can you imagine? I would, I would 1000% do that if I were him. Oh, how fun would that be? Yeah. And I, they had killer clowns from outer space, which has been there before, but I still thought was pretty amazing. That guy was, that was creepy. Fun. This guy right here, he was not the a guy sitting down because he just yeah. stared at me and stuff. And then then I'd like turn around and he's still looking at me. And then I pretty much went into the next room and like then looked back again. And he was still staring at me. Like, I was like, yeah, because like, wow, he followed you out of the room into it. Yeah, it was good. And then I they, think that that was the one that had um, one walkway when you're walking through that all three walls had like fabric on it so you're like something's gonna pop out oh yeah and you're like looking at each one of which one it's gonna be and all of them came out and yeah. i i flipped out on that one yeah the triple scares were one of the best things that they did there and my favorite mm -hmm. one was the classic universal monster one and especially at the end where they did you know all three kind of like one would scare you then another and they do the mm -hmm. triple scare thing like that was really cool. oh right at the end of universal monsters yeah mm -hmm. that one was yeah. really amazing here's a couple other shots this is just me I, with a pumpkin decoration which was kind of cool they did some really cool decorations it looked pretty amazing this decoration do you recognize the wolf right there no it's from american werewolf in london which they did a few years back and they're reusing the wolf in this oh, crazy fine. like zombie scene mm -hmm. and this was awesome the pumpkin there was a light projection and it, it would talk to you when you walked up to it oh interesting so they that's so fun the um can we talk about the weekend though like which i thought was the weirdest idea for a haunted house and i don't want to spend too much time on this but luke what did you think about the weekend haunted house I thought it was all right. I mean, I think he's trying to kind of do kind of the Michael Jackson thing, you, even with like the red leather kind of look and stuff. Like it was cool kind of like mixing kind of music and it's like stylistically and the aesthetics of the whole thing were kind of cool the way they did it. But, you know, like as a haunted thing, it wasn't like necessarily that scary, but stylistically, I thought it was kind of cool to go through. But again, like that one, like right at the beginning was like two hours long and most of the night was super long. And then at the end of the night, luckily it got down to kind of a shorter thing where I think it was around 30 to 40 minutes for us to get kind of to the front. That was of the our line. final house, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, we tried to kind of zip our way to Halloween, but didn't quite make it. We, but We kept on trying to wait out the line for Halloween because it looked like it was sort of slowly getting, it, it went from two hours and 10 minutes down to one hour and 45 minutes to one. And we're like, okay, it's going the right direction. And finally it got down to where it was right at about an hour. We said, let's run over there. And then it dropped to 30 minutes real quick. I'm like, wow. You know what? That one I actually pretty much videoed the whole thing going through, like, Near. Wait, wait, we're talking about Halloween. But and then we we talked about um we went running over there to see why the line was going down so quickly. They had closed the gates, they had closed the door to the Halloween house like 45 mm. minutes to an hour prior to the park closing, which is 
Universal, if you're listening, I, that's not cool. Let us know you're going to do that because we can't, you kind of plan your night according to which line you can jump in. And as long yeah, as you- Yeah, why wouldn't they have like in the app where it says yep. line is closing in 10 minutes or something? You know, Instead I don't like, know why they would just- Yeah. And like we went running over there when it was still like 45 or 30 minutes left. And then as we're running back there and we were booking it, they said, sorry, we closed it like 45 minutes ago. We're like, what? what? That was kind oh, of- That's why the line kept- being shorter and shorter. Well, yeah. I think we got there probably like 10 or 15 minutes left and then it was, mm-hmm. they closed it earlier in that. Like, in Yeah, but when we were running over take there... It off, the... Take it off the board at that point. Like, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. nobody else can closed, get in. Yeah. Put yeah. the word closed on it mm-hmm. instead of 30 minutes. Like, when you see 30 minutes, you're like, hey, yeah, we yeah. can do that. Because you think you, if you get yeah, in line... We could have done they... something else yeah. if we didn't spend that hey, time. But look, look describe <laughs> the weekend uh, maze and why, you know, because people are wondering, like, how is that possibly a horror maze and you did send me a video i'm um do you mm-hmm. have it with you can you i could get it for a second if you, if you want to get it for a second it. is it on your 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 computer ready to show uh i can download it if you can download it and show just just show us the the beginning because natalie i was kind of uh i was a skeptic i was like yeah yeah i did not understand what this could possibly be about and i real i had called it completely wrong in the beginning, I was like, oh, the weekend is going to be the shortest line the entire time because who's going to want to who wants to go see that? I don't I didn't understand. Yeah. It, it was weird because you get in Basically, you get inside and people are dancing around to his songs as he starts killing people. Other oh. people start killing people. It's dark imagery. The very first image you see when you walk into the room, if Luke's able to pull this up, is the, he's sitting in a chair with all these medical devices out of his head basically this is his worst nightmare we're we're walking through his nightmare and i did get an unsettling feel like a dark like it, it had with the music playing and people screaming and the blood it, it there are some images i don't want to bring up there's some images this past year at a certain like a music festival where some people were killed oh. and i remember seeing the close-up imagery of that um, and I was like, it reminded me of that. And that's why, and that's why it kind of hit me kind of off. I was like, ah, oh, this feels just in a little taste. bit, not like what I was. Yeah. I don't think it was in poor taste. I think it hit me that way because of the, the videos that I saw about, mm-hmm. you know, there was a Texas concert with a, with a well-known performer in it. It just kind of, anyways, Luke, do you have it? Don't be funny. Look at that. <laughs> This is as you walk in, and this is him sitting there, and I and I'm assuming basically we're about to experience his worst nightmare, and then um, we don't get very clear images for a while. If there's a w- way to jump ahead, go ahead and play a little bit of the music, Luke, so we can hear it, kind of what we're hearing. So those are just. Listening, there's a performance. Comes out on stage, ices a dancer's neck. He bleeds out, and then these weird people that are concert goers with their faces covered up. You can turn this into weird. And the whole thing was kind of like that. It did get kind of scary towards the end. I remember with a lot of people jumping up, but I liked it. It was unnerving, but I kind of liked it. And I think I liked it because it was so unnerving. Like, And I like, think that's like, 
I'm just kind of watching this. It's so confusing. I think we're so used to what we're I got really freaked out here. This headless body that looked like nothing jumped out and reached at me like it that looked like a mannequin yeah oh i know i mean to me we don't see this stuff normally so this is kind of interesting yeah look at okay so we're in this room like these everything had these bizarre it it was just like a fever dream i guess is the way to describe it i kind of like it yeah i did like it but again i said it was unsettling but i guess that's the point yeah yeah Hey, look, listen, listen to a little bit more music and see. Oh, wait. There he is dancing with a head. How did you get this video? <laughs> okay, I think it's leaking up there. Oh, wait. Yeah, the wallpaper at arm. Oh. Oh, I think it just went and black. And he like, mutated into like some lizard guy. Oh yeah, that's how it ended. I don't know what the the point was with all the lizards at the end. All right, cool. That's good, Cheeseman. I think that's good. Let's go ahead and end. I'm a little bit disappointed in doing that one. Look at these things. What are those? It's like terrifier a little bit in there. Wait, wait, wait. I want to. Can we cut back to Natalie for a second? (laughs) Wait a second. Of course, he's not going to be here. Sorry. Do you want me to get this off the screen? Wait, wait, yeah. Okay. I want to see the... Wait, Natalie is a guest. <laughs> Who's the guest? My terrifier or my cat? No, 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 right there. Who you, Your little guest right that you're petting on. <laughs> this is my cat. This is Charles. Say hello. <laughs> also, a point, yeah, I wanted to point out behind Natalie, um, one of her favorite characters, and is who is that? That's the terrifier. <laughs> the little doll's even creepier. It's like little Freddy. Oh I know. I'm gonna. I'm Look gonna show him off. Four or five. Look at mm. how cute he That's is, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> she the says this is cute. Nine, I nine, love nine, him nine. with his little saw. I can't. No, no, no. That's the worst scene in movie history. I think. That's so. I awful. love it so much. I'm gonna go close up of his face, and his eyes are pretty like detailed. And this like is what it. you keep love him. by your bed for comfort. That's exactly. <laughs> he won't. He won't go into storage. I'm going to say that for sure. He's going to live in this apartment after Halloween. All right. All right. So as as we wrap up um, this section of the show, um, wait, wait. Andy said one of his favorite mazes that they did was Silent Hill because it's on a video. Oh, that that was from. I I don't think they did that this year, but they did that Mm-mm. in. Uh, years past so overall i think it was a pretty satisfying experience it was a little bit expensive crazy crowded i wish that i did ask one of the um guys at the ticket counter so why is it so crowded he says it's just pent up demand they didn't have Mm -hmm. as many people last year because of covid because we went last year and you had to wear the mask and you had to be vaccinated and stuff so this was a different kind of year for them yeah and i do want to say i was an employee there for about uh 50 minutes while we were in one of the lines, they had me hold a card that <laughs> said what time we got in line. And I had to give it to one of the attendants when we went into the maze. And I said, so you're counting on me to pass this information along to one of your other employees. Do I get a front of line pass? What do I get as a reward? And they said nothing. And I said, that's rude. 
<laughs> for the better good of Halloween Horror Nights. You're I mean, a good citizen. You know, I was a good citizen. The accuracy of that line was great. Not like Halloween. So somebody obviously dropped the ball or uh, Blumhouse. Somebody dropped the ball on that line. Oh, that one was awful. That one was awful. Yeah. Somebody who got the card did not pass. Yep. Yep. I think, though, they had a shift change in the middle of us standing in that line. It, it was supposed to be 55 minutes, but it ended up being an hour and a half. So that was yeah. a bit of a... All right. Some of the stuff they had people do seemed exhausting. Like, I was like, how are people... Like, in the werewolf... In the Universal Monsters, real quick, there was a guy kind of turning into a werewolf. Oh, yeah. That was like all of his physicalities and motions and screaming. I was like, how do you do this for even 20 minutes? I would be done. Yeah. yeah. Wild. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. People I enjoyed do anything it. for 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that is Universal Studios Hollywood Hollywood Halloween Horror Nights. It's still, it goes on um, select nights through October 31st. You can expect it will be crowded right now. So if you're going, let us know what you think. All right. Next on our weekend of Halloween fun was, what, what, what's the next thing we did? And Natalie did not join us on this one, so we're going to tell her about it. This is Son of Monster Palooza, one of the big horror conventions that happens here every Halloween. This is uh, the sister convention, or the brother convention, since the son of um, Monster Palooza. Monster Palooza happens in in Pasadena, I think around May, and then Son of Monster Palooza happens in September or October. She's been your overall impression because we do have a couple of we have a couple of pictures we can share for this. Um, I mean, they're always Ooh. cool. These little smaller ones to kind of just pop into. It's not like something you like. I didn't feel like I need multiple days unless there's like panels and stuff I wanted to see, which there might have been. I didn't look too closely at the programming, but um, the floor was fun. There was a lot of people in costume. They had some like different actors there like big names too and i ended up meeting uh, anthony michael hall and got his uh, signature sign of a breakfast club thing and talked to him a couple times which was cool so the people were pretty friendly and the you know the cast the actors and all that and then there's a lot of michael myers which um those watching um the video are seeing on screen there were several michael myers there that was a lot of fun i want to show you a character natalie and see if you recognize this one because this is one of my when i thought one of the coolest things of the day was see if you recognize who this is Ooh, yes deep cut oh. here, here i'll give you a clue i'll give you a clue because let me see i keep on see if i can do this present is it Viral. rocky horror no no he did let me see no no here we go i love talking to people even on a rainy day allow me to introduce myself my name is henry kane reverend kane and I am here to sell for free the message. So I'm freezing right here. He is in a chair. I mean, no, sorry. This is uh, Preacher Kane from Poltergeist 2. Oh. The original Poltergeist 2. He's the old preacher man who mm -hmm. was basically a ghost, a creature coming, trying to steal back Carol Ann. And if you are watching, he is actually talking to the actor who played the young son in Poltergeist 1 and 2. That's Robbie. And so they Whoa. had this. This was really cool. They had this whole room set up. Let me see, let me get rid of this. 
Um, so anyways, they had, oh, wait, wait. I'm going to get rid of this because we have somebody joining us. How can I get rid of, uh, I'm so, here we go, remove. And welcome to the show, Mr. Jonathan Wilkinson on the road. How you doing? Hello, everybody. How's it going? It's going Can you well. hear me all right? Yes, Hello. please. Where's the trucker hat? No, no trucker hat. Never. Jonathan, <laughs> please tell me you're not driving right now. Oh, no, of course not. Okay. okay. He, had, he had to double check that he wasn't driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting here. I'm okay. just sitting here. Nice. Jonathan drives uh, drives a truck, and he also was out here for the weekend. Jonathan, we just talked about Halloween Horror Nights, and I, I think you missed that part. No, you were actually chiming in a little bit, but yeah, I was listening along. Tell me what your uh, favorite part of was uh, of Son of Monster Palooza, which was your first time attending the show. Uh, so Son of Monster Palooza, uh, obviously Twin Peaks, of course. Yes. Yeah, tell us about it, Cheryl Lynn. Yeah, I got to meet her. Uh, uh, that was fantastic. She's she grew up in Boulder a little bit, so we talked for a little while about that. Uh, I briefly passed by Anthony Michael Hall, uh, so just just smelling Anthony Michael Hall was good enough for me. Um, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. Uh, that was actually the second time I've been to Son of Monster Palooza. Um, I have a photo on my Facebook or Instagram from a long time ago, like five years ago, going for the first time. And I got an autograph and a photo with the uh, the first zombie that you see in Night of the Living Dead, and I believe the writer of Night of the Living Dead, not George A. Romero, but I think it was the co-writer or somebody like that. So, okay, yeah, it was that's awesome. right. Because I forgot you used to live here. I did, yeah, I yeah, right down the street, right down the street from the Burbank Marriott. Yeah, that's right. You know? I do have a picture that I'm trying to upload right now, but um, t- tell them about the autograph that you got. Oh, yeah, yeah, from uh, uh, Cheryl Lee, I think, right? That's that's her name. Yep. That's it. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, from Twin Peaks uh, fame, she's the girl that's, of course, murdered in the very beginning of Twin Peaks. And uh, she's awesome. She's, she's super cool, super chill. Um, yeah, it was just a great time. It was fantastic. And um, although we finished that the section of the show, we're about to move on because we have a big topic mm-hmm. to discuss. Halloween Horror Nights. What, what was your overall impression of Halloween Horror Nights this year? Well, you guys were talking crap about the weekend. I loved it. About uh, the what? Oh, you liked that weekend? one? Yeah, yeah, no, it was okay. It was. <laughs> no, I don't uh, think we were talking. We weren't talking crap about it. No, it was, I, I, was, I was. I was. Ta- I was talking crap about my thoughts of what it could be yeah but i'm very impressed with what i saw not in person but in your videos honestly it was it was fun uh up until we stood in line for like what like an hour about and you hear the same three songs over and over and over and over and over over again so that really kind of drove me nuts but i really enjoyed it uh i thought the weekend was fun i thought killer clowns from outer space was probably the most like true to life i think uh walk through that they had i really yeah, wanted to go through yeah, yeah yeah that was a good one i really wanted to go through la lorena but of course we didn't have time and then of course halloween but i would say also what you guys were saying the uh the nope uh set and everything like that that was amazing seeing that in person so all right so we're gonna switch shift back to monster palooza son of monster palooza real quick before yeah. we jump on cheeseman here's that picture of you and anthony michael hall <laughs> 
Both of us with crunched chins in that photo. We look great. <laughs> <laughs> no, All he right, looked we'll good get... in person. Such a nice guy. Here's the oh, here sign go. Wait, here. Let me... So, let me really see. cool dude. So I'm hoping we get to meet Jed Nelson sometime because uh, he was uh -huh. in a movie that me and Jim wrote on. So if, oh, I yeah, ever, yeah. if there is a screening or something for that and he's there, I may try to take this with me. I know Judd Nelson was in a movie that we have written. I'm so excited about that. Um, I have one more video to share. I'm sorry. I'm not doing a good job sharing these videos because it's kind of, I, this is a new skill that I've learned and obviously I haven't learned it very well. There's, I, I want to share this video file of, um, here we go. Vid I think this is a video that you took Luke during, wait, wait, not that one. This one, this one's kind of cool. This is like, they were lining up for the, the costume contest. I don't know what mm -hmm. that was about. I think that was a little hot. <laughs> yeah, okay, but it was kind of the, the costumes here are pretty outstanding. Wow. Like, when you go to Comic Con, you see some pretty outstanding stuff. But the, I love the fact that most of them see, here like, were the all, makeup and stuff. Yes, look at that all horror thing. Look at this guy right Ooh. here. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I I just love it. I love it. That I just wanted to show that because uh, th that was really cool. And last but not least, do we lose we John? Talk, I'm sorry. Do we lose John? It looks oh, like we did. did. Oh. He'll, but last but not least, the wonderful part. I think Jonathan is joining back. There, he's back. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. So, Jonathan, tell us what you think about the after party. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the after morgue, you mean? The, the after nothingness? Oh. This is awful. After absolutely nothing. Yeah, it was pretty tough. I mean, the singer was great. The band was great. Uh, yeah. But it, it it felt like we were back in like COVID days where they're like, no moving. You can't dance. You can't do anything. Can't mingle. Just Look sit at the there. way they have the room set up for those of you who are watching. it's You're still sitting in like theater it's style. like a panel with a band. Yeah, I'd be so uncomfortable if I was the band. They they had a bar yeah. in the back of the room, but nobody was going to it because they you had to like walk down aisles and it was just bizarre. It was just the most uncomfortable party. The rest of it was pretty cool, but that that was that was not it. Anything else we want to say about Son of Monster Palooza? It was a cool two days. Oh wait, I do want to say this. A couple things. One, I bought this item at Son Ooh. of Monster Palooza. This is. An old tiny face mask back in the 70s and 80s. Ben Cooper was the distributor of all these, they call it these window box Halloween costumes. I had, I had um, Frankenstein for probably three or four years, probably, you know, and uh, I just, this is just something very nostalgic. I'm going to put it by my bar and it's just kind of a, a fun thing that it's a throwback to the old timey days when they made those kind of masks. Also, this was kind of cool. Natalie, are you familiar with um, Scream Fest at all? Uh, of course I am. That's where Fear, Inc. premiered. That's right. <laughs> I, that first time I went to uh, Scream Fest is at... Well, that the was premiere. the Los Angeles premiere. I'm sorry. Yeah. It premiered at Tribeca, technically, but, you know. They really had a big presence at uh, Santa Monster Palooza mm -hmm. this year, along with this little film called Eight Found Dead which is the very first film listed in the program for Scream Fest. It has its premiere this week, starring our very own friend, Patrick Joseph Rieger. Who's no his, way! I got the screening right now, I think. 
Yeah, it's going on right this second as we speak. We are, oh, we're missing it. He's going to hate us. Uh But (laughs) we already saw the film. We saw kind of an unfinished version of the film. It's uh, it's it's a pretty good film. You guys need to check it out. Eight Found Dead. It's really cool. It's basically the premise is what happens if you drive for hours out into the desert to an Airbnb to meet some friends and you show up and somebody's already there. Somebody that doesn't want you there and they would rather have you dead. So it's kind of a crazy concept. And um, the fact is called Eight Found Dead. When people start dying in your head, you're sitting there thinking, okay, there's four there's five who's it's it's cool because it makes you think okay who's gonna live who's gonna not live mm-hmm. in this one i, I think are there more than eight people that go there i'm not gonna tell you okay no there's only <laughs> six so it's really a weird <laughs> well i'm not gonna tell you right here. i don't want to ruin the film anyways it was a good evening um all right so we are going to leave son of monster palooza and jump into Kind of what probably most everyone wants to talk about on the show tonight. Jonathan, you are welcome to stay as long as you like. But did you ever finish watching Halloween Ends? No, no, I didn't. I I woke up, I I got on a plane, and then I had to be in this truck about two hours later after I landed. So I didn't get much sleep, and I just drove all night. So, and now... (laughs) Here I am. Sponsored by Amazon Prime? Prime. Sponsored by Amazon Prime. (laughs) That's my entire life right there. All right, guys. Well, I am going to get going, but it was was great. I loved seeing you all. Uh, Natalie, you're one of my new favorite people. So, uh, yeah, it goes, it goes, I think it goes Luke, Natalie, Jim now. Oh, Um, cool. No, I'm kidding. You're all at the same level. (laughs) I just got to go. I got to go put that thing into one of these. Upgrade's still good, Jim. All right. Jonathan, it was awesome hanging with this weekend. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. I can't wait to do it again, guys. All right. All right. Halloween ends. This is what we're about to talk about. Let me give you a little bitty summary. I feel like I need a new scotch. All right. Lori Strode, the original final girl, faces down her masked nemesis while struggling to protect to protect her granddaughter from a new threat in this latest entry in the John Carpenter horror franchise. That's a that's putting it nicely. Basically, this is what it's about. There's a brand new character introduced. His name is Corey. He babysits a kid at the beginning of this movie who has been having night terrors since the carnage of the previous year. So this, it starts off one year later after the Halloween kills. So Corey is there. He's babysitting. This kid plays a prank on Corey that goes terribly wrong, resulting in a really bad, terrible tragedy. Corey becomes an outcast, sort of like Laurie Strode is now an outcast in this town because the town blames her for luring and enraging Michael Myers, which is odd to me. Laurie is now living a seemingly happy, carefree life in a brand new house, (laughs) baking pies, writing a memoir, and trying to steer her granddaughter into a productive, happy life. But alas, the killings in Haddonfield start anew. But this time, it isn't just Michael we have to worry about, as evil has found a new home. All right, guys. We are going to actually talk constructively about the film as well as we can. Circle of love in the beginning. So, yeah, usually in our screenwriting groups, we have what's called a circle of love. You start, if you're giving feedback on a screenplay, the things that you thought perhaps worked well or at least were well-intentioned. 
I would love to start actually on this one with Luke, because Luke, I think you might have more circle of love than Natalie has. <laughs> Good. So one of the things I'd say that I really kind of liked in the movie was that, you know, there was kind of a passage of time because I think Michael Myers works good as kind of like he's the boogeyman. He's legend. And there was a little by adding that five year gap, they kind of did that. And it was kind of cool how the police would discover other bodies and people try to make it seem like it was Michael Myers. But then be like, oh, no, Michael doesn't use a gun or different oh, things wait, wait, like wait, wait. should we preface this that guys we're going full-on spoiler here this is, will not be a spoiler free review as evidenced by what luke is already treading in this is we're going to spoil everything so if you don't want to be spoiled come back and watch this tra- this podcast after you see the movie or maybe we're saving you hours <laughs> of your life <laughs> or maybe we're saving you time <laughs> All right, go ahead, Lou. All right, so continuing on, um, I would say Jamie Lee Curtis was definitely one of the best parts about it. I mean, she, regardless of what we think of the movie, I really feel like she kind of gave her all and really, you know, put herself kind of into the performance. And there was even moments that you saw a little more of her real personality in it because, you know, she was would talk about how in real life she wasn't a lot like Laurie Strode, where she was kind of shy, kind of quiet, good girl to herself, where she was more of the loud, fun, where there's moments in this where she kind of could be kind of jokey like no no you need to go out with this boy and she was being a little more of her real self and throwing a little more kind of personality versus kind of the first you know couple films it was she was very heavy kind of the whole time you know and just very yeah. kind of serious where i like i've always liked h2o jamie that's kind of kind of the personality of what i would see her being in the future and that's what i love but there was a little bit of that in this one which i do appreciate and, you know, having some of the, you know, the characters from the original in there and then even bringing in a potential kind of love interest for her was kind of an interesting thing that they're going to do. Mr. Strawberries. <laughs> yeah. Natalie, if we had to twist your arm. <laughs> I, I, okay. So I do have, I guess, some good things to say. Okay. One, yes, I totally agree with you, Luke, that I think this I actually thought felt like a continuation of Lori post H2O. Like the personality felt very connected to that and had that character kind of continued, this would have been the version we had seen. And I was like, I actually am enjoying this because there was no fun in the other movies, which is what I was expecting with Danny McBride and David Gordon Green coming aboard the project. I wanted more fun with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So this felt like the first time that there was a little bit of fun with it. I loved the romantic connection. We only saw about three minutes total of that um, at the beginning and at the end. And so it's like this was never developed any further throughout the movie, um, yeah. which was very frustrating. So it's like there's good things and then it's immediately followed by a ton of bad stuff. So it's like it's yeah. not enough good to redeem what, had ha- what they did to it. Um, and I honestly didn't dislike the opening and kind of build of Corey's story. I like the cold open. I thought that was pretty jarring. I thought it was very jarring. And I thought this would be a really interesting fourth movie of we've put Michael Myers to bed and now this is our new bad guy. But it's like, we, Mm -hmm. we have spent, this is supposed to be the trilogy of Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. And now we've almost removed him from the majority of this movie to kind of focus on Corey, 
which he hasn't earned what we ended up getting to no. and all of his character development. It was so shocking how quick he made decisions to get to this point where yeah. it's like, that isn't a bad story. And when, especially when, if you take this trilogy and you talk about what this town did and kind of, you know, how they tracked down Michael Myers in the second film and just kind of this mob mentality, you can see how they could have done that to him. But mm -hmm. this would have been in the next set of movies, potentially, you know, yeah. not this movie. It was almost as if, um, and, and I think I was reading this somewhere, Haddonfield itself was a character. Mm -hmm. Haddonfield itself was traumatized and it, and Haddonfield was traumatizing its citizens. And Corey, the, and we're talking about Corey, he's the brand new character introduced in this film. He um, is a babysitter at the beginning. A child dies while in his care. Sorry. It's a jarring kind of a probably one of the best the best constructed scenes of the the film because it really does and the fact that he was a babysitter because it kind of went back to the roots of the babysitting and stuff yeah. that was in the yeah. seven in the original and then after that Corey starts kind of being the 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 subject of all the bullying in town all the picking on and he's he's a 21 year old man and people start kind of just terrorizing him and he starts going downhill. And as he's going downhill, he gets in a fight, gets thrown over a ledge, lands next to a, a drainage pipe. And somebody is living in that drainage pipe, has been there for four years and pulls Corey in. And for some unexplained reason, doesn't kill him, but lets him wake up and then just chokes him and then looks. We're talking about Michael Myers, looks Corey deep into the eye and evil is transferred at that moment there's the the inference that the evil of michael myers infects Corey. um can we talk for a second Corey himself let's let's remove the the halloween franchise burden from this film and just talk about Corey as a character what do you think about his development as a character there wasn't enough time exactly We're i think had to say the whole reboot of this franchise had been Corey. Yeah. And we had put some time into like developing him as the new Michael Myers. That could have been interesting. Like even remove Lori, remove any of like the old character. Had this been the new version, I probably would have been okay with that. I'm yeah. I'm not mad at his start and who this character is. It's like the shoving it down my throat that I'm supposed to buy within 15 minutes. Yeah. He's fallen in love and you know, completely you know, thrown everything out the window and is like ready to set everything on fire. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like you're actually catching a break for the first time meeting this girl. I don't yeah. understand why now is the moment where it's like you haven't been understood this entire time. And now that you have been, you're ready to burn it all down. Yeah. Yeah. And their relationship just did not seem to connect. There was like, not like a real no. chemistry besides just like, Oh, we feel like outcasts. Let's fall. Like Stranger Things does such a better job of like the guy that's kind of getting bullied, you know, camera mm -hmm. gets broken by Steve, you know, Nancy kind of steps in and then they're kind of subtly kind of, you know, built those relationships to her being with him and like all that. But this just did not eat cute. Um, <sighs> stretching to find any kind of connection. I mean, yes. <laughs> and Brad, Brad uh, says the franchise now is officially ended with H2O for him. I don't disagree. I'll take that. 
and last comment from Brad. I really wanted to love or like this movie. Y'all know I went in excited thinking they were seeing an amazing ending to the franchise. We didn't get that. We did not. Natalie? Um, anyways, it's like, so we went from meet cute to they're in love and trying to figure out how they're going to conquer this world together. And I'm like, how did this happen? And it's like, yeah. even they their first date is they go to a Halloween party. So by the time of events unfold on Halloween, I'm like, it's been a week. Like, I know I've fallen pretty fast, but not that fast that I'm ready to just like throw my away my life in that amount of time. It just Can we not, but so it's not just weird. him though. What about it's her too? The, yeah, the her granddaughter too. of all things, she is falling for this guy that every time he shows up, he's more beaten up. And like, doesn't that concern you at all, Alice? <laughs> and there being no hints that like, Maybe she's troubled in past movies or yeah. I don't know, or liked the bad. I don't know. It just didn't seem again. Everything about this movie was unearned. Every yeah. story point, every character arc was completely unearned. What about, can we talk about just the setting of the film? Laurie Strode for some un, <laughs> un what is the, she buys a house in Haddonfield. Her daughter has been killed. Her son-in-law has been killed. Multiple deaths. Her little, her little, the the kid she babysit, I guess, and Anthony Michael Hall was killed. What was his name again? Billy. Tommy. Tommy, Tommy was killed. Every all these people were killed. She had spent the last forty years locked up in a house, terrified of the fact that Michael Myers might come back, even though she knew that he was locked up in an insane asylum. He escapes and kills people, including her own daughter. And what does she do? Then she decides to come out of her fortress, buy a house in the middle of town, start buying, I mean, making pumpkin pies or apple pies and writing a memoir. Uh, okay, that's strange <laughs> to me that she's I not. I was like, how is she all of a sudden okay? Yeah. Like Maybe. how strung out and crazy and wild they were building her character up to be to now just with the flip of a switch, she's fine. Yeah. Well, it maybe her daughter sense. and husband had really good life insurance and now she's like a millionaire. And But it also looked like she bought a house next to one of the condemned houses. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody else notice that? Oh, it was all... the... I don't know how close she was to any of like the murder houses, but it looked like it was like a property that was like taped off. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. I wasn't sure if that was like a scene that was cut out. I don't know. I yeah, just like the scene that they cut out that they should never have cut out was. I can't wait for the extended cut. Was oh, tearing God. down of the Michael Myers house. You know, they just kind of threw. Oh, we tore down the house. Really, we want to see that happening. You don't just mm -hmm. say that. Yeah. The, the fans want to see this. Let me ask you this: Does this feel like a? Um, well, first of all, what did you think of the development of Jamie Lee Curtis's character? the four years since that's what we're talking about now did it seem earned or natural or did it seem bizarre unearned unearned yeah where do you think she would be after the uh, the last two films i feel like she would have moved to like florida Alaska. and like somewhere <laughs> else with like her granddaughter and like let's try and make a life here yeah. you yep. know yep and i would have like that so much more that would have been that would have made sense like michael myers travels to maine or something like that what about and oh, h2o when she's somewhere else and she's a different she's changed her name and da, 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 you know 
of course, we have to ask our, ourselves, is there any reason why Michael would be coming for her? You know, it used to be because they were related. Exactly. Why, why is he, tra- why is Jamie Lee Curtis, why is Laurie Strode the center of his wrath? Well, uh, in this movie, he's not. Right. He gave up. He's living in a fucking sewer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Does this movie feel like a Halloween film? How does it no. feel like a Halloween it film? It feels like Halloween? a Halloween five or six film. No, those films felt more like Halloween, I think. Did they? Like, but the the plot and the idea for this felt so like one of those films that was like just made number five or six kind of thing. It was just like, what? What kind of storyline is this? Like it just it did not feel like something that would be like made today. And this whole yeah. Batman and Robin thing with him and Michael, like show me how to do it. Like it, it was so weird. Can you explain Michael, what you're talking like, about there? Alone, that Michael would be teaming up and doing like group kills. You know, it's this just, is, that's. I literally <laughs> during that scene was like, is this supposed to be like the Batman begins scene where he's like getting his training? Is this what you're trying yeah. to do here? It was, ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ugh, I agree. So like if they went to kill the doctor and the nurse and they each got one of them as they watched the other one kill. It was bizarre. Like, I don't know why, why was Michael doing this? Was it because I think they were hinting because you saw he was deteriorating. He was getting older. He wasn't as strong. Like he's getting his strength back from them. Yeah. And what, as he kills, like the first time that somebody is killed, you see Michael, he vibrates a little bit. He mm-hmm. shakes. I watched that. I was like, oh, is that supposed to be? He's, <laughs> it's like a salamander. He's grown a new tail that's been cut off or something. <laughs> Maybe he just uh, wanted somebody to go trick-or-treating with him his whole life. And as his kid, his sister didn't take him. And then here comes this kid and willing to go out on Halloween <laughs> with him. It's like Brad said, it was like Friday the 13th, part four or five, when it was not Jason, but it was the ambulance drive. I agree. Like, we didn't yeah. know who was the killer at some points. And let's be honest, how afraid of Corey were you really? I mean, he killed some people. Never. Okay. But he was so, he was a smarmy little complaining crybaby. And I just I I, I just think I mean, happened. okay, so the kids that were picking on him, let's get this straight, were banned kids. Yes. You know. My no. friend Laurel was making fun of that the whole time. Like, why is he getting bullied by band kids? Like, she kept like, making fun <laughs> of it. Seems like night. a very odd choice. Like, it was very weird. And then the one girl in the friend group the whole time was like, "Leave him alone." Like, she was getting pissed about it, and it was I don't. It was so confusing. So USA Today had this to say about if this felt like a Halloween film. Just one paragraph. Mm-hmm. Halloween Ends is a Halloween film, complete with one brutally visceral kitchen fight for all the marbles between Laurie and Michael. That, f- But for much of it, it doesn't want to be a Halloween film. There are a couple of standout kills, yet the movie embraces a more domestic drama angle as Laurie and Allison's household friction rises higher on the priority list than the scary movie aspects. Basically, there are people who like this film, believe it or not. And they like it because it swung for the fences. It took risks and it dared to be something that was not Halloween. Like, what do you think about that? That could be Halloween new version, not the end of a trilogy. Yeah. 
But you know what? I think it it perfectly paid homage to what this trilogy was, a trash fire. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. I did not... It's, just, it's so weird. After watching this film, I went back and thought, wow, 2018's Halloween wasn't so bad, even though I didn't Do like it. Do you think that was the intention? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Halloween Kills was actually not as bad you know like that is actually watchable kind of no but here go. let me just hollywood reporter had this to see to say is david gordon green trolling us the director rescued john carpenter's game-changing slasher classic from the dumpster of disposable sequels by going back to the core mythology in 2018's halloween he then sacrificed any goodwill that reboot earned by sidelining Jamie Lee Curtis and abandoning narrative coherence for random, unimaginative mayhem in 2021's witless Halloween Kills. They're not pulling any punches here. And then they say, the conclusion of this trilogy, Halloween Ends, which promises the final face-off between Laurie Strode and her psycho stalker Michael Myers, just seems to throw its hands in the air and surrender. <laughs> That's the Hollywood Reporter. Boy, they didn't it pull just, any punches. You know, and I understand, like, okay, maybe you don't want to make some obvious choices, but that's also a little bit of what fans are there for. That's what they're buying tickets for. I think when you do something like you cast Kyle Richards to come back as yeah. Lindsay, she's yep. a massive reality, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star. People want to see her get killed on film. And it's like, she completely gets abandoned in this movie. It's there's no like continuation of her story. I don't understand what happened. Why do we even have her in this movie then? This is I true. don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. So it's like I get not making obvious choices, but it's like at a certain point you I you're like literally not even making the choices people want you to make. Yeah. Can I as a filmmaker, Natalie, as a producer, mm-hmm. This script had to go through multiple, multiple approvals to get to where it is now. This How- is what angers me. This is absolutely yeah. the thing that has driven the fe- the anger I've had in me all day long and yeah. all last night. Because it's not easy to get a movie made. It really right. isn't. And it's something like this where it's like, I understand maybe they didn't have the third script written when they were making the first film. Maybe they wanted to test and see how the success was there. But it's how I don't care how successful David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and Jason Blum have been in their careers outside of this franchise. How the hell did this get past anybody, any executive putting in money going, what is happening here, you guys? Like what? This is not a story. Like, let's get back down to the core of what the story is. That doesn't make any sense. And it's the fact that it's like. We get, I mean, I've never, I've never even been in a development meeting where it's like an executive is fine that you introduce a love interest that you never bring back ever again. I don't understand how this happens. Like I, in a way, almost want to read the script with so much did have to get cut. Is that what the problem is? I just, I don't understand. I really don't know how this was allowed to get made. Yeah. It's such an easy premise to like make something just fun and like Halloween, like, Halloween night, a stalking and killing yeah. a guy in a mask. You know, like it's just keep it simple and it'll and just, you know, make And it's not and- like the reviews and, you know, fan 
feeling about the first or second allowed them to have carte blanche and do whatever that they wanted, those were pretty like scrutinized. Yeah. So it's like you would think that they would put more attention on making sure that the third one satisfied those fans. But instead it was like, it was just like everybody gave up after the first movie and just was like, well, it's already ruined. We've already committed this money and nobody gave a shit. That's how yeah. it felt. It does. I, I agree. Listen, so like the New York times here, here's how they end their, their review of the original 1978 Halloween. This just a couple sentences. Carpenter pointedly ends the movie with a montage of empty spaces bare rooms, abandoned streets, a darkened house, his signature propulsive synthesizer music, which has become perhaps the most influential aesthetic contribution to the current vogue of horror, is playing as the breathing of Michael Myers gets louder. You hear the air go in his mouth and then escape. He's everywhere and he's nowhere. Brilliant ending to a brilliant movie in 1978. In 2018, it ruined for me the whole mystique of that original movie by saying Michael Myers no longer is everywhere. He walked outside and got captured 10 seconds after the end of that movie. And he's been held captive for 40 years. We know where he's been. And so by, I just felt the first movie was kind of ruined. Michael Myers has been in this insane asylum for 40 years. He escapes and I don't care. And then part two, he just slaughters mercilessly. I don't care. Part three, we're introduced to a brand new character who dominates 75% of this movie. It's like, it's this character study of this new character. Michael Myers is a side character in this movie who shows up in the last 10 minutes just because he has to. And it's, I don't know. It, just it, it to me is like, if you're doing a Mission Impossible movie, and Ving Rhames and Jeremy Renner are 75% of the movie. It's, I mean, like maybe that wouldn't be a bad movie, but people are there for Tom Cruise. Like it just, yeah, that's what people are there for is for real Michael Myers. And this is, if this is a story you wanted us to buy into as much as we don't like it, this is a story we did buy into. And now we're not even getting that for most of the third movie. It's, ugh, I, I feel know. disrespected. No, <laughs> feel, no, no, no. You do I feel like this. I have wasted six hours of my life, and it's no. So, that's a good and point I to never make. feel this way. I never. I am the easy, easiest audience member anybody could have in a movie. So it's like for me to feel this pissed is very not normal. Yeah. Where's this on the martini scale? Oh my! I mean, I mean, way more like six, seven, eight martinis. I, I mean, I had to do a scotch that. just to talk about it tonight. I would love <laughs> to have Natalie. And our friend Lena come in and do a review of Halloween Kills with their oh martinis. My God. I, I don't think you guys, hey, I, I do have to say this. I think it's probably unfair and maybe a little disingenuous to compare any Halloween sequel to the original Halloween. I mean, it's like comparing Jaw, it's like comparing Jaws 2 or 3 or 4 to the original masterpiece, or Indiana Jones 4, you know, or Star Wars 8, you know, or Godfather Part 2. Just kidding. That one's really, really good. Um, but Halloween ends not only doesn't live up to the original, it doesn't even seem like it tries to live up to the original. Some people are praising it because they're saying it, of its inventiveness, it's swinging for the fences, it's something new. But I'm here to tell you, when it's the final matchup between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, the culmination of 13 films, 44 years, we don't want something brand new. We want Michael Myers. We want Michael Myers a lot. We want him to creep. 
I mean, do not, I repeat, do not try something new. Fans want a return to Haddonfield. They want the classic. They want the shape. But what we got instead was some pseudo-artsy attempt to explore the nature of evil and if it can be contagious. Meditations on a town scarred by trauma. We got to attempt at something meaningful and deep, therapeutic almost, but when all we wanted was Michael Myers. That's my take on it. Um, and I, I think they they missed, not just by a little bit, they they weren't even pointing towards the goal. And I don't know what I, I, I don't know what the thinking was behind this movie and think and saying, I guess I do. What would happen to a town after 45 years of trauma? I don't know. But is this movie about Haddonfield? Then it should have been called Haddonfield, not Halloween. By the way, Natalie, aren't you the one who suggested that a TV series would, would be a good continuation of the franchise? I think is, are you the one who I did not, but I would love to take credit for that. And some, and, they should, <laughs> and just call it Haddonfield. But honestly, but it's, imagine a TV series with Corey called Haddonfield. That's yeah. something I'd watch. That's yeah. absolutely something I would continue watching. Yeah. And give it the time to, you know, and honestly, again, had this franchise been rebooted and Corey was the opening scene of movie one and this is what we're building for three yeah. movies, I'm in. I would be in for that. But this is just completely unearned and shoved down my throat when it's like, guess what? I'm not that stupid and neither is the rest of the audience. As much as people want to think audiences are that stupid, we know what we've been buying into for three movies. This wasn't it. Luke, do you have any closing thoughts on Halloween ends? Some final thoughts. Halloween Resurrection. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Resurrection is no longer the worst TV. film in the franchise. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Honestly, H2O was on right before we started this podcast and I had it on. And it's such a good movie. It is good. And it's like the false ends. And when you think she's killed him and then she kills him another way and then she kills him another way. It's just like that's the battle. That's the battle we want to see. Like John less says, is less is more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, wait, this is what Brad said. I, he goes, this could have been the Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors end to this franchise if they had put the effort and fandom's wishes into honor, honoring the legacy of these characters in the films with a good script and a con. That's a, that's a good point. Like, That's a really good point. That's a really good yeah. point. All right. So I don't think we're going to solve it today. I, I'm suggesting to Natalie if she'd like to come back and we could do a the 10 ways we could save the Halloween franchise. I think we could do a really good job there. But <laughs> yeah, Lily. There's didn't Hollow didn't Michael get his head cut off in one of the movies? Yes, in H2O. <laughs> Lily, um, so he got his head cut off in H2O mm -hmm. until Resurrection dead. ruined that. Yeah, but then um they decided to to bring him back. That, but that's they, the thing about these movies, which again I was fine with of like, okay, let's pretend like two through the rest did not exist. So this was just based off of the first original Halloween, this would be the next start of it. So, right. I agree. I, I would love if they, I'm one of the, those that I love the sister trilogy and I would love if they would do a, a they would pretend as if three through the rest don't exist. I would love to see Michael Myers survive the fire mm -hmm. kind of like they did in H2 and Halloween four. But yeah. do it do it better. I don't and, and you know what? As much as everybody loves Jamie Lee Curtis, and I do love her and I do love the Laurie Strode character. We don't need Laurie Strode to be the center of 
the Michael Myers universe. People are coming for Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. And I love Jamie. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She did a great job. Brad said the best part of this movie was that her hair looked better. I do admit it did. Yes. Although (laughs) I have to say she makes this whole statement about how she cut her hair off and it's the same effing length. I don't understand (laughs) what these writers are doing. I don't get it. I'm like, even that, even a joke doesn't even earn like it's not even earned i don't well, understand. it was thinned out more before it was a lot bigger but she was she makes this whole thing about how she just like one day was like i gotta chop it off and i was like it's literally this had she had her normal jamie lee curtis hair that makes sense that joke is funny then this is i am like i literally i you guys can't even make a joke i don't even understand i don't understand <laughs> and what a disservice to jamie lee curtis these yeah. three movies have been wow you know, I and I I think as well. I was like Jamie Lee Curtis. She speaks praises she on the movie, and um, I, I don't think one can shit on a movie that you're doing active press on. Yeah. This is true. I think I, that was I, her best acting performance ever. Is doing press for on these the movies red carpet. And like she got emotional <laughs> over these, and this is. I, like, I mean, also, wouldn't you get emotional if this is the like the franchise that launched your career yeah. and it was 40 years ago? You're naturally going to get emotional and a little verklempt on that anyway. So it's like I think yeah. she rode that through yeah. as like her story. And I think when you talk, she talks about like, I'm not going to really get into detail. I've said everything I've wanted to say. It's because she doesn't have anything nice to say about this movie. But also I, there is the thing about like when you're involved with the production, like she's probably been reading the scripts for, for years. She's been involved when you're in the middle of it. Sometimes it's hard to see on the outside of it and say, you know what? That's not the best idea. I wonder when she first received this script, if it was more of a, they had to talk her into it. Like, yeah, this is cool. Or what if she thought, you know, as an actor, this seems interesting. This is a whole new direction. Because most of the good comments have been, huh, it's new, it's inventive. They're not doing the same thing over again, which I don't think that's necessarily a compliment to say we're doing the final Halloween thing and we're doing something completely new. If you're doing something completely new, don't call it Halloween. Go make a different movie. Let Halloween be Halloween. And that's my biggest complaint about this. This wasn't a Halloween film. It was just bizarre. Yeah, I don't I want to know who's writing checks and I want to write them a letter. (laughs) All right, Natalie, let's make a better movie. Luke, Natalie, <laughs> yes. any closing thoughts? We got to close that up, guys. I think I said everything I needed to say. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight. We talked about Halloween Horror Nights. We talked about Son of Monster Palooza, and we talked about Halloween Ends. All three of those things involved one of our favorite characters in horror cinema, Michael Myers. We don't feel as if he had a, a proper send-off, but let's be honest. Is he really gone? No, he'll be back, and I just can't wait until a better production team gets a hold of michael myers and does something kind of cool anyways my name is jim you can find me on instagram at james d fry on twitter at jim fry la cheeseman what about you yes this is cheeseman here you can find me on instagram and twitter at cheese on couch and also on the scareguy.com natalie and I'm Natalie at Natalie Michelle on Instagram. I don't do the tweets, so that's where you're going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's such an angry place these days. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Halloween. We'll be back, and uh, maybe we'll come back and try to save the Halloween universe. Anyways, see everybody later. Bye-bye. <laughs>